I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello, everyone. Amy here. No, April, once again. I am in the wonderful state of Minnesota in Minneapolis. I am here to go on the show Evine, which is like a, a home shopping network. Kind of like, um, well, I won't name the other brands, but you know what home shopping network is. It's live, live TV. And I do this once every couple months to talk about Uberlube. They have a really hot show called um, Sexy Summer Nights that, that will be airing this evening. Uh, you can look it up on YouTube. If you look up Evine Dark uh, or Evine After Dark, that's what it's called. You can go look it up and actually watch the footage of it, even though it won't be live then, and see what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a whole awesome crew talking about sex toys and pleasure and there's even some sex education on there so super awesome and a really cool experience for me to be able to go on live tv because it's really great practice as april and i are about to be in the process of filming our own workshop series for shameless sex um, so that should be coming soon we're actually filming a four-week online series for folks to be able to take from the privacy of their own homes so you don't have to be in santa cruz where we are you can be in Minneapolis, if you want, you could probably even do it from Australia and take this course with us. Um, so that is in the works. But that's a little bit about me and where I am. Um, so sending my love out to my beloved April. We will be reunited in a couple days and we are recording a couple awesome podcasts. We have um, one on sex and pregnancy coming up and it's not just about um how to still experience pleasure while you're pregnant, but also um, after childbirth too. We're speaking with someone who is a doula and um, has a lot of experience herself. She's also uh, tantrica too, so she's bringing in that element. I also have a podcast that we're recording um, on ganja sex, so cannabis-induced sexuality, but also by from a tantric perspective, so from another person who's a tantra practitioner. And another Tantra episode, actually, that will that be recorded in July. So a lot on um, more of the energetic and connected sides of sex. Um, but don't worry if you don't identify with those. We have plenty of other super sexy things coming up um, in, in the works. And um, yeah, we love hearing from you and what your interests are. Um, I need to take a look on the survey on our website website to see what your uh, most recent inquiries have been. But I know that you, a lot of you, love more the the topics related to sexual mastery. You know how to be a better lover, and um, I, in my opinion, anything related to tantra is that. Um, so a lot of that stuff will apply to you. Uh, so this episode, I am uh, actually specifically going to answer sex questions because uh, we have a lot in our inbox and I'm just going to take this opportunity to answer a number of them. 
uh, a lot of them, a couple of them have a similar theme. Two of them are actually a theme of um, someone who has a, is female body that orgasms too quickly, whether it's a partner complaining about it, uh, um, or not complaining, but saying it's an issue, uh, or it's actually someone else saying, I come too quickly as a female body and it's an issue. Um, and I know for a lot of folks uh, out there who uh, are female body who don't come too quickly, um, or if they feel like it's hard for them to orgasm, they're, you're probably listening and like, is there such thing as too quickly? I'm jealous. I want that. Um, there's also a sex question with someone who um, has a hard time orgasming with a partner, but they can orgasm on their own because they have shame. Uh, question about sex addiction. And what else? Oh, a polyamorous question. So how to navigate polyamory. So I'm just going to dive in and start answering some sex questions for y'all. If this is your question that you sent us, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, All these questions I think are from like early May. So that's how long it takes us to get through questions because we are super busy. Um, Like we've said in the past, we're trying to also answer them on Facebook live when April and I are together. So if you're not already um, a friend of mine on Facebook Live or a fan of Shameless Sex, I recommend doing both so that you can also see our Facebook Live uh, answers to sex questions. And um, follow us on Instagram too, on Shameless Sex Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we Sometimes we do some things on there uh, and we are always posting fun facts and sex education stuff and photos of us and our adventures. So be sure to stay connected to us through all of these wonderful social outlets. Okay, so let's go for question number one. Um, we're going to keep this person anonymous and their name is Jay. So Jay says, and I've kind of paraphrased this a little bit, my wife and I are interested in exploring three ways and we've been getting close with a married man who now wants to leave his wife to join us in a polyamorous relationship. I'm feeling stressed about him leaving his wife for us. We like him and want to be with him, but I'm feeling conflicted. This will be my first experience with a man. Please help. Okay, so there's a lot of things here. One, um, this is a new experience. So there's a new desire with this person and their wife to explore three ways, which has led to specifically a three way with another man. Um, and so this is brand new experience. So my first thing is like, this is a, this is a brand new experience. And so this person, Jay, I don't even, you don't even know if it's going to be your jam. Um, I mean, maybe you think, oh yeah, I'm, t- or maybe, maybe you do. Maybe you actually um, think, you, maybe you've always had feelings for, for men and now this is your first time finally getting to do it. And so maybe that's feeling really aligned with you. Um, but I guess what you don't know for sure, because you've never done it, is if you are, really are poly, because you've never done that. Um, it, I'm not sure if you've said you've never had a threesome, but it sounds like it's the first time with your wife. Uh, and this is your first experience with a man. So there's a lot of firsts here. And my suggestion when it comes to firsts is to um, to explore them really intentionally uh, in a way that feels really safe. To, because if it gets really messy, um, it can be kind of traumatic and also sometimes might not, maybe not even feel like it was that worth it if you find out it's not your thing, right? So say you've never been with a man and this is your first experience with a man, you try it, it's not your thing, or you, or maybe it is your thing, but this particular man, you don't really get along and they left their wife for you. And now there's that pressure or that hurt, um, and that mess to deal with. My first in- inkling would be to experience, 
um, being with a man and or a three-way with someone where there was a lot less baggage, you know, where someone wasn't changing their whole life to come and join your life. Um, and, and I'm not saying that that's not okay for them to do that. You know, if they want to leave their wife to be with you and your wife, and that's feeling aligned for you as well, then that's everyone's choice, right? Um, and it, w- it could be really hurtful if they did choose to do that. And, and you find you just, you know, along the way, it's this discovery of, hey, I'm actually not really into being with men, or hey, I'm actually not really into being in a polyamorous relationship. But you just change your whole life. And here we are. So, I, I think that you're being hesitant or conflicted for a reason because your intuition is telling you that there's something in there that feels a little scary and maybe a little uh, conflicting and unstable. And I would listen to that. You know, our intuition, the messages that our mind and body, well, specifically our body gives us, a mind can play tricks. It can do all kinds of fear tactics that aren't even really that um, rational and can get in the way. But when you're feeling in your gut deep down that there is something conflicting about this, that it's actually um, could end up really messy, I would listen to that. Um, and not saying completely call it off, but have more conversations about it. Go really, really slowly before you dive into anything because that gut feeling is usually there for a reason. You know, it can be there related to past trauma and, and, um, and shame and things to be worked with, but it can also be there because it just has this deeper knowing of like, we're not really in alignment here. Um, so, so yeah, so my suggestion would be to have those deeper conversations with this person, with your wife, really feel it out and play out all the what ifs with them, you know, let them know, you know, this is my first experience with a man. What if this isn't for me? Or this is our first experience with polyamory. What if this isn't for us and you've left your wife? What do we do then? You know, that, that sounds really scary for you and for us. Do we really even want to go down that route? Maybe, we, my wife and I should go and experience this with someone else in another way to make sure that's even our thing. Or maybe before you leave your wife, we don't even try anything sexually intimate. We just spend some time getting to know each other more and see how that feels. So just being really, really careful about that. It seems like that's what your question is more related to than it is about how to do poly. Um, we have episodes in the past on polyamory. Actually, our most recent one, there was just three tips to polyamory, um, how to do it successfully. And I mean, we could record 20 podcasts on how to do polyamorous, polyamorous relationships. Um, I guess what I will say in this case for um, bringing in someone new, I, and I kind of already touched on this, but for Polly to work really well, it's it's helpful to have a lot of conversations and a lot of communication, almost to the point where you feel like you're talking about feelings and the relationship dynamic all the time. And of course, all polyamorous polyamorous relationships are different. Some people don't have um, don't practice you know radical honesty, or they don't have as much open communication, or they do more don't ask, don't tell. Although I think some poly people might say that that's not. Um, I guess fully poly, although I guess it could can be fully poly sounds offensive to some people who that are practicing that. So I'm sorry if that um, felt like it was a hit to you. Um, some people choose that though. Some people don't want to know. They would just say, okay, we're going to be in this open thing. Um, and the arrangement is that we can be intimate with other people. Maybe it's just when we travel or we're out of town and then we come back together and we don't even need to talk about it. That is a thing for people. 
Um, some people have some a sort of like an ethical cheating thing set up because that's what works for them. It's just easier not to know. Some people want to know everything or some people, one partner wants to know everything and the other one doesn't. So it really just depends on what works for you. Um, in this case, you know, it's sounding like you're all going into it knowing that that's the arrangement of what you would choose. So talk about everything and especially all the feelings. Talk about the what ifs, talk about the fears and the hard stuff and the things that you're like, I don't really want to talk about this because I don't want to cause a scene or take up too much space. Those are usually the things that are worthy of going into that, that really need that time and care. Um, so to, uh, to me, a lot of poly relationships um, or just relationships that are really connected and deep, it's almost like uh, communication. Like the, the thing I say about go slower than slow than, and go slower than that. Go communicate and then communicate more and then whatever you thought that was, communicate more than that, if that makes any sense. Like there's almost like there's a need for a lot of it in this. When you bring in another person for whatever it's a three-way or for poly or open or um, or even a swinging lifestyle, I feel like um, adding more communication is always really, really helpful. Um, so that's what I will leave it at with that. That's I think will be good for you for your intro to this dynamic. You sent this two months ago. I'm sure you've already <laughs> dove deep into this or found out another way. I'm sorry, this information is coming late. Um, but hopefully this is helpful, at least to other listeners who might be um, wondering what to do about this. Okay, question two. This is from Kay. How do you deal with and control an orgasm that's too strong? I've been having sex or, or sex and orgasms for over a year, and I'm with one partner. But the orgasms lately have been so strong, sometimes I end up crying. It's an overwhelming flood of really amazing feelings, but it's too much for me. Um, and they also have a second question. How, also, how do you feel secure when your man watches porn? So this question was sent from someone um, who I believe identifies as female. So this person is feeling like uh, they are their orgasm is so strong that they end up crying and it's a flood of amazing feelings, but it's too much for me. So my question is, what do you mean by too much? And is it, is it really too much for you and why? Or is it also too much for your partner? Because you're describing these overwhelming flood of really amazing feelings. Um, and it's, it's also accompanied by crying. Um, but so what about that is too much if there's some amazingness there? Like, obviously, there's some good feeling there. Uh, but then there's tears. So maybe the too much is that it feels really deeply emotional. Um, and my inkling here would be that uh, you have a worthiness barrier about being too much, taking up too much space. And you are know, having sex with your partner. You have these crygasms where you get this incredible flood of emotion pouring out of you and then there's tears but it's just like it's 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 all this energy moving through where you're just like vibrating and releasing deeply which is beautiful god I want that right now I can like feel a tingle in my pussy as I say that actually which is rare for me so I really like that um but yeah why is this what is too much about it is it your partner's reaction is it that that they don't know what to do um, is it for you that you, you feel like you're taking up too much energetic space? Is it because it's a company with tears, which usually is socially, uh, stigmatizes as, as meaning sadness and, and something that we don't want to feel or go into, or if that's there, then there must not be good or pleasure. 
Um, because what I do know about crygasms is that they are a profoundly deep and important release for the body. It can really heal old trauma, or even if there isn't trauma there, um, just release a whole bunch of old stuck stuff in a really beautiful, powerful way. Um, a lot of times that's accompanied with orgasms that, uh, that are more internal, like from the G-spot or from cervical orgasms. Um, and so they're just like really vibrating all through the body. And I know so many people that are trying to learn how to have these orgasms, um, including myself. I've totally had them. I have not mastered the art on how to get, give them to myself or receive them when I want, whenever I want to. Right. I'm, and I granted, I haven't dedicated a lot of, as much time. Like I'm very aware that if I s- sat down with myself or with my partner and just like, okay, this is going to be our focus. Um, and let's work at this, you know, many, many different sessions, I would probably learn the mastered art of that. And I have no idea why I haven't done that. I'm honestly, this is one of my things. This is just a side note. Here's a tangent. Like I spend so much time. I love my work and I have so much time being super busy that I don't take time to master these things, but I'm just spending so much time helping other people. And I know that I have the ability just as you do what all, all you listeners. And for this person, um, you have this ability, this is happening for you, it's feeling like too much. And there's something about you that want it wants to turn it down or, or off. Um, my, I, I feel a personal th- thing because of my own desire to experience what you have. So this is a biased opinion. Um, so I, in that I like, I feel the sadness that, um, that you want to get rid of this amazing experience that you have. And I also support you in doing whatever it is that you want to do because if something's feeling like it's just way out of your element, then yeah, you have the right to shift that. Um, And what I would imagine would happen though is if you start to shift this, meaning you just start to um, pull back when it it feels like the orgasm's coming on. Kind of like what we, the the info I give to male body folks who feel like they come too quickly um, and they want to learn to not do that. It's a matter of pulling back. When you start to feel the orgasm is getting close, you slow down your movement, you slow down your breath, or maybe even stop altogether and take a break before it comes on. And then you keep going, um, and moving really slowly and you keep doing that and building up again, but, but you stop and slow down right before the orgasm comes on. And then eventually they give themselves the orgasm, um, which actually usually ends up in a really powerful orgasm because you've been edging, you know, building it up. Um, so, but my guess is that if you start to, to put on this like kind of psychological choice to turn it down or turn it off, you could also create a little bit of a subconscious block that will, if, if at some point you wanted to turn it back on again, you'll have some work to do to get it back. Um, because we do have the ability to do that. If we don't like something, you know, if we have shame about something we're doing, you know, we're squirting or having crygasms or whatever, and we shame ourselves or someone else shames us, we have this ability to do this turn off that we don't even, it's not like a button that we press. It's this subconscious process where our mind and body work together to turn something off or turn it down. Um, so we have that power to do that by choosing it. And believing it and shaming ourselves. But what happens later is if you want it back, then you have to work to turn it back on. Um, so it's all possible for you. If you want to pull away from it, then start pulling away from it. Um, and uh, 
and and I guess my suggestion is to question why it's too much and who is it wh- whom <laughs> whom is it too much for? Your second question is how do you how do you feel secure when your man watches porn? Um, <clears throat> so I'm I'm also guessing from your two questions here that you have some shame about sexuality in general that um, perhaps as that this is a theory that maybe with the first question that women shouldn't be as orgasmically powerful as you are experiencing um and the one about porn you know that there's shame in uh in men watching porn meaning that it's a personal threat to you um just because someone watches something or someone doesn't mean that they don't love you that they don't care about you or that you're not enough um it's entertainment. It's something that's a quick dopamine rush. You know, you watch porn or you use a vibrator and you get a quick dopamine rush, a really quick orgasm. It's exciting. It's new. People love newness. And it doesn't mean that they don't love their partner. It doesn't mean they want to cheat on their partner either. It just means that they like newness and it excites them. So my suggestion would be is to reframe the way that you think about porn. And when someone watches it, to, to, to really tell yourself and understand that it's entertainment and it doesn't speak to how they feel about you. To not take it personally and make it about you. Um, to allow it to be for your partner. Now, if your partner's doing it like, you know, five times a day, or if they are actually choosing that over having sex with you, then that's something to look at. Then that actually does speak to the relationship. And maybe it doesn't speak to, to you personally. Um, it just speaks to their addictive tendencies that they um, could do some work on. But it, it doesn't sound like you're stating that. It just states that you're, sounds like you're saying that they like watching porn and brings up some personal stuff for you. So reframing it to be that to know that it's not about you. It's about newness and excitement and a quick dopamine rush um, from the stimula, stimuli and um, stimulus. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and to try not to shame your partner for it when it comes up. To take ownership of... That's what happens a lot of times when we shame someone. Um, and I don't know if you are shaming them, by the way. Maybe you're just internalizing this. But a lot of times when people shame someone else, it's because they have fear in them and they don't know how to handle it. They don't understand something. And so it comes out as shame or a judgment. And it's really hurtful and can really affect the other person. Um, so instead of voicing that, like, oh, why are you doing this? This is not normal. Uh, this It must mean that you don't love me or, you know, whatever. To re- to state just to say to them, hey, um, I'm noticing something comes comes up for me when you watch porn. I feel this like fear, maybe this inadequacy in myself, like I'm not enough. Uh, and I like the, the rational part of me knows that that's probably not what's true here. But I just want to bring that up to you. I'm not telling you like you can't watch it or that I'm judging you. Or it's a bad thing. I'm just sharing with you my feelings. So maybe we can talk about it as a means of you still being able to do the thing that you like, watching porn, and me feeling safe about it. And just see what happens. Hopefully that helps. Uh, okay. Another question from Jay. Anonymous. Jay. Is there such thing as sex addiction or is that called just being human? <laughs> I like the way they worded this. Sex addiction is an interesting thing. Um, I've heard so many different perspectives on sex addiction, um, on it, it not being a real addiction to it being a real addiction. Um Okay, here's my personal opinion. I'll give you some references first. Um, I love, I believe in addiction, that it is a thing, uh, or compulsion. 
and but I don't believe it is a like a genetic thing that people are born with. Um, the the science that I've been looking at is uh, related to addiction being more related to trauma um, from people's past. Uh, so people find the addiction is there to serve as a coping mechanism for something that was really painful or that they you know didn't get when they were younger. Um, so it's filling a void. You know, there was some sort of experience that someone had where they were in trauma or they were in fear, they were in terror, um, and they developed this coping mechanism. And maybe it didn't happen right after that too. It could be you had the trauma age five, and then when you're a teenager, you still are carrying this trauma with you, and then you start to develop this addiction for something else. You find this other thing later um, that is is helping you feel good temporarily in some way it's 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 like filling the void for some sort of feeling whether it's helping you numb out helping you feel more more alive or connected to other people um but what it ends up resulting in is in actually like a disconnection with your the self whether it's addiction to a drug or to porn um or to you know working out or even with like different eating eating disabilities and that's the wrong word eating disorders um Related, a lot oftentimes from what I'm seeing in the research is related to trauma. And this is newer, a newer perspective that I'm seeing. Um, I would look, I love the stuff that um, Dr. Gabor Mate has done. You can look up, if you look up in the podcast app, just look up Gabor Mate, G-A-B-O-R-M-A-T-E. He does a lot of work on addiction and it being related to trauma. So I would put sex addiction in the same category or in the same with a porn addiction. I'm going to put that in the same category that it's filling a void for something that for some sort of trauma, some sort of hurt or old wound that has not been tended to. Um, so a sex addiction would probably be more so a worthiness wound, um, a wound around not receiving love and affection and that um, having sex uh, with either a lot of people or just having a lot of sex is filling that void and making it so um, one doesn't have to sit in the pain of the unworthiness with themselves or the disconnection with themselves, but instead filling the void, they go and have a lot of sex. Um, and there's other ways that that can look too. That's just one way that that can look. But I would say that, yes, it's a real thing, uh, most likely, yeah, because it's just filling a void from um, some wound that is desire and love. And there's ways to work with that. Um, there, And I would say the best way is to go work with uh, really well-licensed therapists on the old wound or trauma. And there's actually groups for um, sex addicts that so you can receive support. I don't think just talking about your issue is as the most – as the as, is really helpful um, unless it's a really light trauma or a light wound. Uh, but if it's really deep, really heavy, then um, then I get help from someone. Get help from uh, I. There are a lot of therapists that I love, especially for PTSD, like deep, deep trauma. Um, EMDR therapy, EMDR is really amazing for that. Uh, I love Hakomi therapists as well. Uh, if you can't afford therapy, there are often um, things like family services. Um, counseling centers that are available in a lot of cities where you can get really affordable therapy um, for like 30 bucks an hour. So it's available. Check it out. Um, but yes, sex addiction is, I say addiction is a real thing. Um, and in my opinion, it is something that is based on trauma that can be worked with. Question, another question. E asks, 
another anonymous person, E. My wife has orgasms so fast, like within seconds, and she is not a fan of multiple orgasms. That um, makes me almost feel like a me too guy. Do you girls have any solutions? So this was kind of a tricky one, but it's sounding similar to the other one that someone sent about having too, too many orgasms and it's too much for them. Um, so this person, their wife has orgasms really quickly and um, their wife doesn't like having a lot of orgasms. Doesn't like, they're not a fan of it. Um, and then there's the part about this, this makes him feel like a me too guy, meaning like, because he's the one giving her, touching her and she's having these multiple orgasms and she's not into it. Then he's feeling like he's a bad guy. This is what, I paraphrase that, of course. So this is uh, I, this is just my my guess. Um, I think it will kind of coincide with what I said before. Um, too fast for whom, right? Like, why is the the orgasm that's happening too fast perceived as too fast? Because when female bodies have orgasms too fast uh, or quickly, it doesn't mean that their bodies their bodies often can receive more touch after they don't have the same refractory period that a penis owner would have. Uh, because they're not, you know, they don't have to deal with sperm production and all that stuff. So is it that it's too fast and um, it's affecting your, the ability for you two to continue connecting? Is it too fast because either you or she or both of you think that that's not what sex should look like for, especially for a woman? Um, and I'm reading that she is not a fan of multiple orgasms. Um, I'm wondering why, um, why is it a unpleasant thing or a bad thing for her to experience multiple orgasms? Is it because she doesn't like the physical experience of having orgasm at all or having multiples? Is it feeling overwhelming and exhausting? Is it feeling like she shouldn't because she's taking up too much energetic space because you're not doing that? Is it because you are uncomfortable with it um, and you're kind of like, whoa, this is a lot. Why are you having so many orgasms? I'm only having you know, one in a session and most women I've slept with, this is not the case. There's something wrong with you or you're different or this isn't normal. I have so many questions. So I actually would need a lot more information to fully answer this. Um, but my best suggestion would be um, to uh, to embrace it for both of you. Um, unless it's bringing up like a trauma response for her, like maybe the orgasms are bringing up some old scary stuff uh, and so then that's something for her to work on maybe with a therapist. Um, but if the orgasms are feeling pleasurable, but it's just kind of like some frustration and shame with that in, in that she feels like she shouldn't have them because that's not what sex should look like or because she's a woman, or maybe that's what you feel like. I would reframe that because, um, pleasure is pleasure and pleasure is awesome. And it is, um, a really wonderful thing for people to share and experience as well. Um, so if there's some reframing that can happen for both of you, um, I feel like on the other side of that is a whole bunch of super awesome, connected, juicy, orgasmic sex for both of you. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's such a thing as too much pleasure or too much orgasm unless it's getting in the way of like your normal everyday life. Like you can't go to work because you're having too many of them. That's one thing. Uh, but otherwise, embrace that shit. It's awesome. I'm jealous. Um, hopefully that helps. Um, and I guess I didn't sympathize with you too much of your experience of feeling like a me too guy. Um, I get that. You know, if, if she's, you're touching her and she's saying like, 
this is too I'm this is too much and I, not your touch but the orgasms are too much and she's having a problem with it um and that it, and then you're feeling like it's almost your fault then yeah that's hard um and maybe makes you feel like you feel like you want to take a step back so the reframing probably has to start more so with her her um embracing the fact that she's awesome and like super orgasmically charged and that most women are jealous of that um and and then get her getting fully on board for it and then you getting fully on board for it as well so hopefully that helps um but my solution would not be to get rid of the orgasms i would not prefer that okay uh another question uh, this person used the name unsatisfied <laughs> okay unsatisfied asks I am a woman, and I have been seeing a wonderful man for about six months now. We have great sex, but an old problem keeps showing its ugly head. I've been sexually active for a number of years now, not tons of partners, but plenty of sexual experiences, and I have never once been able to be brought to orgasm by my lover. This new guy I'm seeing wants desperately for me to tell him what I do to get me off. He encourages me to play with myself. Basically, he does and says all the right things. And when we're in bed together, everything feels so good and so amazing. But for whatever reason, I can't let go of whatever is holding me back. To let go of whatever unconscious shame I may have surrounding sex, having grown up in a Christian household, and zone into my body and allow myself to experience my orgasm, an orgasm with my partner. So that's the struggle. There's shame. I masturbate regularly and have for years. I can always bring myself to orgasm when I'm alone, but even when I get down with myself when I'm in bed with a partner, it's almost as if the nerve endings are dulled down there. And what would normally do it for me when I'm alone no longer works when the pressure is on and there's someone else in the room. Please help. Okay, dearest unsatisfied. So this is your brain. This is your mind. This is shame. This is definitely all about a mental block here because you're saying you know you can masturbate and give yourself pleasure with and that's easy for you you know and you know how to do that you know what works and it, it totally works for you and then when you come together with a partner all of the sudden your body turns off and even if you touch yourself with your own hands the same way you normally would alone it's it's like you can't even feel anything um, and then when they touch you it's the same thing so this is an example of it's definitely not your body. It's definitely your mind and your brain and um, a, a block related to some sort of shame or fear. Fear in being seen, fear in being witnessed, um, fear in maybe a worthiness thing and not in, in taking up too much space. This seems to be a, a theme for a lot of these questions. Um, but that's super common, um, especially for uh, women because we live in the post-hysteria um, era and there still is this idea that like you know there's like the, you know, the 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 crazy wild screaming woman you know no one wants that it's way too much you know she needs to calm down stop crying um, and this happens with orgasms too and just taking up energetic space around sexuality we live in still live in a penis centric culture where there's a lot more safety in um, male bodies taking up space and that's what we see on tv and it's a lot more about men's pleasure and you know they're the ones doing the doing and much more geared towards the, the movements that we see on tv and in porn is much more geared towards what their body's like um so this all is all affecting a lot of people and their sexuality um so there could be a number of things that so that's one suggestion is it that when you're um, with someone 
there becomes a fear of you taking up too much space, um, that there's this, this receiving barrier. Like when you start to receive, you go in your head and there almost is a story of, I'm not worthy of receiving here. And maybe you don't even have this story in your conscious mind. It could be this underlying subconscious story. Um, so that's one thing. Or it's the pressure, um, like the performance pressure. So I'm on the spot. Um, they're looking at me. It's a lot to take in. And then you start to go right in your head into the stories of, uh, I'm not going to be able to come. This isn't going to work. I can't feel anything. Uh, I don't want to let them down. You know, all of that stuff. And that prohibits you from really being present for the pleasure that that's even possible. And in turn makes it so you can't feel, you know, your body numbs out or turns off. Um, so those are just some potential options. I mean, what it really sounds like is there's definitely a part of you going in your head, not being present for your body and your body turning off because your, your body is obviously isn't completely numbed off from touch when you touch yourself. Um, although I do have a question now, um, perhaps have you ever received some sort of trauma, um, from being touched by someone else? Um, either you having sex with someone else or them, you know, touching you with their hands or whatever that is, where, um, it created this trauma. And now this story that being touched with someone else there, um, or by them doesn't feel good. And so your body numbed out and turned off. And so even if you in that environment with, with them and they're still there, but you're touching yourself, it still stays numb because there's some old trauma there that hasn't been worked on. Um, so there's, a lot of things here, um, but it's definitely something going on in your head. And you grew up in a Christian household, and so you're pretty clear that there is some shame um, that you've stated. I'm not saying all Christians have shame, but you've said you're ready to let go of some unconscious shame. It sounds like you don't have shame around masturbation because you can touch yourself alone, but it might, again, be that shame around touching yourself in front of someone else and that that's not okay, whether it's based on being a woman or whatever that is. So, um, I would get really clear on what that, where that comes from. And the way to do that is when you start to touch yourself in front of your partner or be touched by them, pay attention to the thoughts and instead of just like the, you know, the, the, one of the thoughts is I, you know, I don't feel anything. I'm numb, but what else is there? Is it, what are the stories going on in your head? Is it, I want this to be over soon. I'm taking too much space. Uh, I'm really nervous. Um, what are they thinking? Am I taking too long? Da, 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 all that. Um, or I shouldn't be doing this. So take note of what those stories are. Um, so that maybe you can piece together what the storyline is and where it comes from. Also take note of your body and what it's doing. You know, is your heart racing really rapidly? Um, do you feel nauseous in your stomach? Can you even feel your body at all? Or are you just like in your head? Do you start to disassociate and leave your body? These are all worthy things to look at. Um, if you are starting to disassociate and leave your body, I would say there's definitely some deeper trauma there um, that would be helpful to be worked on with a therapist. Um, if you are just feeling like you're kind of in your head and stuck there in the blocks, you can kind of feel, but it feels like pretty numb, but you can kind of feel, then it probably more so is related to a shame-based storyline that can be worked on. So um, you're not broken. That's the really great news. This is uh, something that you can work on. It's going to take time. And part of that is starting to notice what's happening in the mind and the body. Once you notice what the storyline is and where it's coming from, doing the work there, either with a therapist if it's feeling really deep 
Or if it's not, if it's feeling like just a story that's hanging out in there of I'm taking up too much space, et cetera, et cetera, you could still work with a therapist on worthiness stuff, always helpful, um, or check out Brene Brown's Men, Women, and Worthiness um, audible book. It's wonderful. Um, or, and, or on top of that, then you, what you do is you just start to notice when the brain does that, when you're touching yourself or being touched, and then just come back to feeling your body as it's being touched. And it might feel numb for a little while as you're starting to feel safe again in there being witnessed by someone else. Um, and continue to practice that with someone and just stay open to it. And if you feel that numbness, don't allow yourself to go into the brain, the, to the thought process of uh, this isn't going to feel good, I'm not going to orgasm, all those doubtful stories, stories of doubt, and just come back to the sensations. And one thing people miss out on a lot is they kind of look at touch as like this on a, on a spectrum of like all or nothing, meaning it's either... I don't feel anything, so I'm completely numb, or I feel orgasm and orgasm and a whole or a whole bunch of pleasure and tingling. There's a whole gray area in there, and if you just start to pay attention to the little sensations, like okay, yeah, no, I feel a little, little something on my clitoris, and there's a little tingle there, or like a little bit of warmth, or a little bit of like thump or throbbing, or but it's not big, but it's little, and you start to really bring some awareness to the subtle things then through that you might be able to finally notice the even bigger things. And I believe it's um, my friend Mauricio who taught, who teaches orgasmic breath um, or uh, breath orgasm. And he actually did a podcast on breath orgasm. You can go back and listen to that. He says he, that he is a teacher who states that um, the big things come through the little things, right? So if we completely miss all the little things, all those like subtle and slight sensations, sometimes that means we because we're not paying attention to those, we're then blocked to go to the bigger things. The bigger things are like the next level that we need to pay attention to the little things to move forward onto the big ones. So those are just some, some options there to, to play with. Bringing in some awareness to the thought process, looking into is there deeper trauma here, bringing more presence into the touch, and then noticing the um, more subtle feelings that you have in your body and staying present for those as a means towards eventually noticing but not being set on the bigger things like don't have goals to experience orgasm and that's another thing you know if you have a goal like oh, I'm not going to come I want to come I'm not going to come that's blocking you so getting rid of the goal and asking your partner to get rid of goals too asking your partner um, I want to explore this touch with you I have this mental block you know I feel like it's from x y and z uh, I'm trying to be more present for the touch but as we touch can we just not be focused on goals and just be focused on, you know, have the only goal be pleasure. And that will really help me. And are you on board for that? And um, and it will be good for both of you because then they won't feel pleasure in giving you an orgasm too. So um, that might be a thing. You know, your partner sounds wonderful. And as, but, and um, if they're super adamant about giving you an orgasm, that can be a lot of pressure for you and for them. So to get away from that, and quite often when people get rid of that pressure and it's not about orgasm, it's now just about pleasure, um, all of a sudden they have more orgasms. So, and this isn't always, but that is an option for you. Um, I think that's it, right? Yeah, those are all the questions I was going to answer today. Wow, I really powered through that. Woohoo! So hopefully that was helpful. Um, I loved all of these questions. I think, th and they're so dynamic. You know, one is like the struggle with having an orgasm. The other one's like too much orgasm. What do we do? Oh my goodness. 
so yeah, I just love the diversity that is the human experience. It is just like, and that's the premise of our podcast is really to expose and, um, and embrace the the diversity of ex- of our experiences of and the way we are as sexual beings, and also to teach that we uh, it all starts with us, and we have so much potential to shift um, where we're at. And of course, if we have deep trauma. Sometimes we need to shift with help, but um, the possibilities are limitless. And and I love that; it's absolutely beautiful. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you for sh- sending us these questions and sharing your vulnerability. We absolutely love it. Please continue to do so. Please don't get mad at us if we take forever to answer them. Um, on that note, uh, I am coaching on the Juicebox app. If you have iPhones, you can um, download the Juicebox app. And if you have a sex question that you want answered like right away, you can either um, request to work with me on there or you can actually work with other coaches on there. And I'm not available to work with everyone because I have a limited capacity for how many people I can work with. Um, but it's a text-based app where you ask sex questions through a chat and we answer within 24 hours, either myself or other coaches. Um, it's really affordable. It's easy. There's not really much of a commitment. I think you, the minimum you sign up for is like one week. And then after that, if it's not for you, then you don't have to do it, but go check out Juicebox. Uh, and if you use the coupon code shameless sex, um, then I believe you get 60% off of your first, maybe his first week, um, your first installment. So yeah. So if those are, if you're really wanting, uh, support right away, and if, um, you feel like you can wait, send us your sex questions to shameless sex podcast at gmail.com, or you can uh, send them in on our website at shamelesssex.com. There's a forum on there. We also love your reviews on iTunes. Um, so please, if you love us, it's really, really helpful. It will only take you like you know, 30 seconds or a minute if you want to really get write a really beautiful review to go and review us on iTunes. If you're listening to us on iTunes, it helps us, our podcast grow. It helps us to get searched. Um, so we really appreciate that. Uh, also, if you continue to support our sponsors, right now we're sponsored by Pure Pleasure, which is uh, my mom's adult store that I am um, uh, also uh, kind of like a silent partner co-owner of, but she runs it. So she's pretty much our sponsor. Like I'm not sponsoring my own podcast. <laughs> my mom is because it's essentially her shop now. Um, so you get the coupon code, you get 15% off with all purchases using coupon code shameless sex. No, that's not right. It's shameless PP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. And it's all high quality adult toys and all kinds of good stuff. And our last sponsor that we have is margins wine. That's our wine sponsor. Um, and we are very picky about wine. So we are not just sponsored by some wine we don't love. We love margins wine. Um, so go check out marginswine.com. It's a woman owned and operated wine company in Santa Cruz. So it's local to us. Uh, she makes raw wine, which is essentially as organic as it gets. And it's really, 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 really good wine. We love it. So if you like good wine and, um, you want to drink a glass with us virtually, maybe while we, while we drink a glass, while we podcast, go to margins wine and sign up for her newsletter and you get to them all the, the first, first offerings and first dibs on news from her when she has new wine. Those are all my announcements. Um, I think, Oh, this is releasing on Tuesday. Um, I don't know if this will still be the case, but there's one spot left for my workshop in Santa Cruz on, on, uh, July 7th and 8th. It's a couple's weekend retreat, um, that I am putting on. It's a two day retreat. It's not overnight. It's from 10 AM to 5 PM both days. 
Um, and there is one spot for a couple left. And um, although I don't know by the time this airs, if that would be the case, um, but you can sign up at purepleasureshop.com if you are interested. Um, and I would love to see you there. We're going to do all kinds of yummy work with couples uh, on from communication stuff to building more connection um, to yummy stuff like touch, conscious erotic touch, tantra, really just a means of bringing couples closer together. Um, and then lastly, what else do I have? Last thing, I'm also teaching another workshop in Santa Cruz. It's a kink for beginners workshop. It is on July 24th. It's only 15 bucks, super cheap, from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at Pure Pleasure. You can learn about that at purepleasureshop.com as well. Uh, and that is my announcements for the July classes. I have more coming in August as well. I love you all so much. I love April. I miss her dearly. She is my fave. Um, and as April would say, see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.